as we get ready to close this last week out on the study of the real God, I gotta ask real quick, has anybody ever been like that lady, fell victim to the silver tongue devil salesman? Just me? Okay. We got one in our family that's a salesman's dream, just like that. Bless his heart. Uh, <laughs> this is my sister-in-law. She, that's uh, Angelica's sister. <laughs> she drove up from Austin yesterday when she found out I was preaching. She just couldn't believe that anybody would give me a microphone on the stage. So she drove up from Austin to see it for herself. <laughs> and uh, I found out Friday night. And I was like, wow. And then a little nervous, you know, hadn't, hadn't preached in a little bit. And then you hear Mr. Robert Land saying, boy, it's going to be wonderful, which is a good reminder of just how strong the words of an encouraging voice are. And the faithfulness of our God to use those gifts. Thank you, Mr. Robert, for your encouragement this morning. Um, I'm not going to tell you to turn to a specific point uh, in the Bible as far as Scripture, because we're going to cover it a lot. He's pretty, pretty broad this morning. But I will, if you want to go ahead and turn to John 14, I'm going to recite a couple of verses in there. Um, how do we define the faithfulness of God? Well, you can open up the little insert in your bulletin, and I could quote this verbatim, and then we could go over everything that you learned in Sunday school or everything that you'll go over in small groups tonight, but I'm not going to do that. Y'all, for those of you who know me, I don't know what Forrest said, something about don't preach too long or preach on or something. I said it in my bad ear, but just get it, right? Get that point and get out of there. Defining the faithfulness of God. Let's, let's use that, that video for an illustration, right? The Jack Thomas promise. The faithfulness of God. Complete contrast of each other. The Jack Thomas promise, the guy in the video, which was hilarious, I don't care who, that was funny. Everything he said, it's almost as if he knew the need she was going to have, right? He could meet him. Temp temporarily. Over here, the faithfulness of our God. He knows your every need because he gave you the need and he has what it takes to fix it eternally. Okay, so that's the faithfulness of God. Flip over and we'll, we'll talk through how does he reveal his faithfulness to us. And you can flip along with me here. First one is through his creation. Brother Clayton, I think it was last week or maybe the week before, how he reveals himself through his creation. In Psalms 119, 89 through 90, it says, Your word, Lord, is eternal. It stands firm on the heavens, in the heavens, rather. Your faithfulness continues through all generations. You establish the earth, and it endures. What does that mean, the earth endures? What planet are we on, Josh? Earth, right? It endures. How did Brother Clayton illustrate this? As far as the oxygen, all the gases and atomic elements that it takes to make it up. It was just a little bit off. Would we, would we be able to breathe, Gabe? No, right? Everybody go like, everybody do that. Come on. That's the faithfulness of God. He gave you another breath, okay? It's another way he reveals himself to us, his faithfulness, through his people. You can read through, again, in the in this scripture. We're not going to go through this one by one. The patriarchs, as far as giving promises to Abraham, through David, into the Psalms, into the church, Matthew 16, where Jesus tells Peter, you are Peter, upon this rock I'll build my church. He's not talking, telling Peter that I'll build my church upon you. But he will build it upon the faith of that one little pebble. And Jesus being the cornerstone, right? Another one in Acts 2. 
verses 40 through 47. It talks about the first century church, and specifically in 46 and 47, where it talks about the believers continue daily, breaking the bread, going through the apostles' teaching, having favor with all people, and the Lord added to their numbers what, Dusty? Daily, those that were being saved. Matthew 16, Jesus said, I will build my church. You don't worry about building it. I will build it. Acts 2, God again shows his faithfulness through the people. They stayed faithful to what they were supposed to do. He added to their numbers. If that doesn't put chills down you, you need to check your soul. Through his character. How long could we stand here to try and peel the layers of the Godhead? Let's make it real simple. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Three in one. Right? I don't understand that. I'm going to okay, so look right here on your, on your handouts. It's got all those scriptures. Go through those scriptures. His word. I'm kind of like Daniel. I'm a numbers cruncher. I love numbers. I'm a geek like that. I was proud to get an A in college in statistics. I was probably the only weirdo that liked statistics. And in that, it said their only absolute is that there is no absolute. Right? Wally, you're a genius. I'm here to tell you, there is an absolute truth. God's word. If you don't believe that, test it. Test that word and see what he does. Another way is through the shaping of our lives. When, listen, we'll walk through this a little bit. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 through 10, when we are weak. Has anybody here got a weakness? No, Doc Shelley looked at me like, no, I got no weakness. If you grew up in the Morris Player Clan, no, you ain't got no weakness. I'm here to tell you. I got all kinds of weaknesses. Don't say a word, Angelica. I got all kinds of weaknesses. But right here, he's telling us, hey, in your weakness is where my power is made perfect. It's where I'm able to display my power is your weakness of addictions and lust and all that stuff that, you know, you don't want to point out, right? Who do you think gave us your little, who gave you those weaknesses? When Paul was talking, he was writing, he asked three times for that thorn to be removed. Brother Wayman's got a thorn, his name is Jukati. He's right on this side, right? And the Lord said, no, but my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses and in insults and in hardships and persecutions and difficulties. For when I am weak, I am strong. It is hot. I'm sorry. I'm going fast, Katie. Temptations, when we're tempted. Is anybody here tempted? Anybody been tempted this morning? It's hot in here, I know. We're rolling fast. We're going to go fast. It's warm. I'm about to put myself to sleep. Okay? You're going to get tempted every day. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. He says, No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. Mm. But when you are tempted, He will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. How many of us make it a practice to look for that way out when we're tempted. Oops. Let me explain something to you, and I'll be blunt. And I'm not preaching at you, I'm preaching to myself. Am I, not, am I right, Mark? 
when we're tempted and you want to know God's way out, the only absolute truth is the only place you're going to find it. If you're not growing daily and seeking Him in His Word, you're never going to know what the way out is from those temptations. And when you succumb to those temptations, you chalk your record up and you get just a little bit further and a little bit further and a little bit further away from God. Every time you succumb to one of those temptations. What do you, am I perfect? Unless she had to see it for herself. She drove all the way from Austin because Angelica said, hey, he's preaching this weekend. Had to see it for herself. Listen, we're all going to be tempted. We're all going to sin. And when we sin, in 1 John 1, 9, he said, the, God's word says, if you confess it, you come to me, I am faithful and just. Forgive us completely. He casts it far from east to the west. When we utterly fail, has anybody here ever utterly failed at anything? Whew, I've got some studs. I have failed utterly and completely at all kinds of stuff. I do it every day, right? And I'll boast about it in front of you, behind you, beside you, along with you. I'll boast about all of my failures. Why? Why will I boast, Josh? Because that's where Christ's power is going to be revealed. Okay? 2 Timothy 2, 11 through 13, when we utterly fail, God is shaping us through our life, or shaping us in this thing we call life, that little dash between the start and the end date, the little dash, that's our life. In between there, from the day we hit the ground to the day he calls us home, he's shaping us and molding us. And when we fail, he said, here's the trustworthy saying, if we died with him, we also will live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we disown him, he will also disown us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot disown himself. We could peel that and peel that even more and more. If you want to understand, man, break that down some more. Come to the small group tonight. We'll break down that verse more. Flip over one more time in your little insert. That's how God reveals some, just some examples. And I know a lot of this has been redundant over the last few weeks, but you know what? He says his word should never come back, should never return void. That redundant scripture, if you'll let it resonate and become you, and you live it, you'll understand that every time you open God's word, all that stuff that seems redundant, it teaches you something new every single time. How are we going to respond to God's faithfulness? This is what we're going to do today. Put your past behind you. How can we do it? 1 John 1, 9. He says right there, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and pure us from all unrighteousness. I had a family member tell me one time, If your past is your present, then your future is history. He read it in a book because I promise you, ain't nobody think that up. You know this guy. But think about that. If your past is your present, how many of us cling to things in our past? You can't cling to them in a good way if you'll use them as bullets in that belt. Use them for tools to point others to Christ. Secondly, bring your present problems and pains and failures to Jesus today. Psalms 55, 22, if you want to look that up. 
God's word says, cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. The scripture in Matthew 11, it says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. How many of us want to continue to carry around those things, those, those hurts and scars and good and bad from our past? I want to use them. I want to cling to them because I want to use every single one of them as an avenue or an alley to point somebody to Jesus. How do I bring it to them? Like he says in Psalms, give your cares and cast them at the foot of the cross. Just give it to them. Just let go. Let go of it. Lastly, we're going to place our hope in the future one who will never let you down. How do you define hope? That's on the front of that bulletin insert. You can read through all that and try to, you know, you do that for yourself. Listen, we've, we've been told our whole lives not to put all your eggs in one basket, right? Don't put all your eggs in one basket. You've got to spread it out. That's a good strategy in most every aspect of life. But listen, when it comes to our faith, our eternal security, God is the only basket of eternal hope that we can put all of our eggs of trust in. That's it. He's the only one that we can put all those bags, those eggs of trust in. John 14, verse 3. Actually, I'll just read, I'll start reading in verse 1. This is Jesus talking to the disciples. He says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If there were not so, I would have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you. In verse 3, if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you may also be where I am. The Jack Thomas promise, the guy in the video, right? The salesman's with the silver tongue. Every single one of his promises were false. They were just void. They were empty. The faithfulness of God. Jesus is telling us, hey, I'm giving you a promise. I'm giving you a promise. He tells us in verse 6, there's no man coming from the Father but by me. You give your life to Christ. You give it to him. He's telling us right here in verse 3, don't worry, I'm leaving, but I'm going, to, I'm going to prepare a place for you, and I'm coming back to get you. God has never broken a promise since the beginning of time. Daniel said a couple of weeks ago, or three or four weeks ago, when he preached God is the only being that lives outside of time. He's seen the end from the beginning and the beginning from the end. If you don't leave here with anything other than being scared to death from Wayne's deer crash story, which I saw the pictures that morning, and I thought, who have we lost now? That could not have come at a better time to talk about. You have to be covered in the blood of Jesus and rest in the hope of knowing that your home is with the one and only real God, the one who created you, the one who loves you, and the one that sacrificed his only son, for you and it's his blood that's going to cover you so that when he fulfills that promise come back and get you you don't get left behind listen if you don't take anything from this eight week series about the different attributes of his goodness love, wisdom, 
justice, his sovereignty, is not, if you don't take anything from this study, I don't think less of you, don't think highly of you, even more highly of you, if you've got it all memorized from day one. Understand and know this. Put your hope in Jesus Christ today, if you have not. He says, we'll stand at the door and knock. If he's knocking this morning, open that door. I can't put it any more simple than that. I'm not going to drag it out any longer than it is. Because it's not about me, it's about pointing them straight back to Jesus. Somebody say amen and we'll keep rolling. Jeremiah 17, you can read this scripture. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it says, this is what the Lord said, Cursed is the one who trusts in man, who draws strength from mere flesh, and whose hearts turn away from the Lord. The person will be like a bush in the wastelands. They will not see prosperity when it comes. Listen, if he's standing there knocking today, open that door. If you've got your trust or your faith or your hope in the things of this world or your marriages or your relationships or your kids or all your stuff, let it go. Let it go. It's his anyway. If you came in here really let down thinking, man, I was going to laugh. and Listen, it ain't about you. It ain't about me. It's about the one who died on that cross. Now, you've heard me say before, but he's done his part. He's standing here just like this. All right? Like a, like a grandmother waiting on their, their grandkid to come run to you. Standing just like this. He's already done his part. Today, I'm going to ask him. As we get ready to close this out, Daniel, if you come on up, and whatever y'all want to do. Check your heart. The things of your past, he carried you through it. You didn't make it through it on your own. He carried you through it. To get you where you presently are today, to use you to point lost souls back to him. Now, whatever you, if, if you have your hope or your trust in anything else, let it go. Let's do what he tells us in Psalms. If you earnestly seek me, I will give you the desires of your heart. Think about that while we pray today. Father God, I thank you for this opportunity to come before you today to preach your word. Father God, I thank you for Jesus and what he did on that cross for us, Lord. Lord, I thank you for your grace and your, your forgiveness and your mercy. God, I thank you for the fact that Jesus says in his word he is preparing a place for us today and that he's coming back to get us. Lord, I pray not for just inside this house today, but across the nation, the globe, Father, that if there's a lost soul that Jesus is trying to reach today, that they will let go, open the door, and give their life to him. Father, we anxiously await his second coming. Lord, and the hope we have in resting and knowing that he is coming back. We thank you for that. Lord, we praise you and we love you and it's in Jesus' name I pray. If you need to come this morning, you know, Brother Clayton says quite frankly, uh, quite